Hey, welcome to Hindsight, the podcast. I'm your host, Lee Jones, and I'm thrilled to embark on this journey of exploration with you. We often find ourselves reflecting on the choices we've made and wondering how our lives might have unfolded differently if we had taken a different path. Here's the beauty of hindsight. It gives us a chance to gain wisdom and learn from our past decisions. Look, this podcast is a platform to dig deep into those pivotal moments and uncover the invaluable lessons hidden within. <laughs> Look, I'm Lee Jones, your host, and I couldn't be more excited to have you on board. So let's dive right in and explore the fascinating realm of decisions on Hindsight the Podcast. When you look back in hindsight, everything is 2020. In hindsight, we make mistakes we're learning from the in hindsight. Yesterday and your tomorrow in hindsight is so much clearer now. This is Hindsight the Podcast, and introducing your host, Lee Jones. Welcome to Hindsight the Podcast, and I'm thrilled today to have. Jamie Fowler as my guest. She's a renowned writer, speaker, and mental health advocate. And as the owner of Jamie Fowler Fitness, she has built a strong presence on Instagram with a whole lot of... I have a number here, Jamie, but I don't want to say it because it's probably grown since I put this number down. But you got a ton of followers. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for saying so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Everything is off to a great start so far. You know, I start every day with a little affirmation. Today is going to be freaking amazing. And then I just make it so. You know, I'm still trying to work on the affirmation. So I was, I I saw someplace else where it was like, get into those tiny habits, right? When you, when your feet hits the floor, give that, it's going to be a great day. That's it. And then I hit the floor and then I'm, I'm, moving slow. <laughs> and then I walk to the bathroom and I'm like, oh yeah, today's going to be a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as long as it gets, the truth is Lee, as long as it gets done before you look at your phone, to me, that's the ultimate thing. Cause I mean, we can get into it later in the podcast, but as soon as you open that laptop, as soon as you turn on that screen, sometimes it feels like your day isn't even yours anymore. Right. right. We feel like we've got these these eye handcuffs. Um, so if you can get that affirmation in whenever before your day takes control of you, you're in a good spot. That's the key. That's the key. And, you know, like you said, as long as you remember, it's, it's those small uh, those small habits. Um, mm-hmm. And it's more to just get you mentally prepared for the day. Right. So that you can have that right. positive mindset and just make it a day. It's all about the mindset. Absolutely. And it's not, to me, it's not just about the positive mindset because Uh you can't, well, you can't always be positive all the time, right? And that's okay. okay, But it's about a bulletproof mindset. You can be resilient and Mm. perseverant all the time, but you don't have to be positive all the time. You just need to be in control. I like that. Breaking it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) That's what, I was really excited because I do look at a lot of your posts on Instagram and like your your lessons are just like you just did right then. Like you don't always have great days. Right. And but you got to have a the mindset of the bulletproof mindset to be able to navigate through those moments. So that is definitely a, a key bit of uh, mind shifting for me and great advice. I appreciate that. Of course. Of course. I'm glad I've earned my uh, my keep on your podcast already. 
I'm going to tell you a secret. This podcast is really about me getting to know you, right? And if hopefully my listeners enjoy what you have to say, but I'm always trying to learn. And that's why I try to bring exciting people and things that I'm interested in, which is fitness Mm -hmm. and, you know, wealth building and positive thinking and veterans transitioning from the military, things like that, right? Are the topics, you know, that I like to engage in because I want to learn new things all the time. And I think people who listen on here like to learn as well. So, (laughs) so keep sending the lessons. Okay. You got it. You got it. So you're originally from, where are you from? Are you from Toronto? Are you from Canada? Uh, yeah, I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. That's it. You, wh- and where are you staying now? Uh, I currently reside in St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, you're okay. Everyone's across the country. It's either California or Florida. I mean, I, I'm in California now, but it's normally in California or Florida, Yep. Um, which are great fitness states, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I I could not agree more 100%. But the truth is, I guess one of the things that California and Florida have in common is the sunshine, right? Absolutely. That's that's actually why I moved. The the seasonal affective disorder that was taking place like four to six months a year in, in my northern province was just more than my mental health could handle. So, you know, the opportunity presented itself to move to the US, which is somewhere I kind of always wanted to end up in also because of the fitness scene. Um, You know, I just I took the opportunity and I ran with it. Good, good. So you got your your certificate and you did a lot of stuff. So we're going to we're going to talk about this whole fitness journey of yours. But you got your certification at 18. So at what age did you know that you wanted to do fitness as a lifestyle first and then as a career? Yeah, great question. So I, you know, I joke about it until I don't. Um, whenever someone asked me what my favorite subject was in school, the answer would always be gym and recess. Mm. Uh, and, and again, it, it was a joke until it wasn't. <laughs> when I had to when I had to pick a major for university, which I also attended in Ontario, I had no idea what to do because I'm like, literally all I want to do is the gym all day, every day. And then I remember the guidance counselor said, well, why don't you major in kinesiology? And I said, what is that? And he said, it's the study of human movement. And I said, okay, sounds, sounds close enough. It's, it essentially sounds like a personal trainer, but with a four-year degree. So right. count me in. So I think I've known since high school, I'm also 35 years old. So when I was 17, 18, the biggest loser was just starting. Um, And Jillian Michaels essentially, and Bob Harper, of course, had legitimized the profession of personal training by bringing it to the small screen. So pardon me, we're all familiar with lawyer dramas, medical dramas, police officers, firefighters. Uh, but now all of a sudden, personal trainers were on a reality TV show. So I said, oh my God, like this isn't just one of those careers that you do in college until you figure out what you want to do. This is something you could actually make into a career. And from then on, I mean, that was it. So I've I've known that I wanted to be a coach from the time I was 18, at least. What sparked that that thought? Was it just in you or did you see someone who was fit like when you were seven, 16, 17 years old? Was it your PE teacher? Like, what, what was it? 
No, I don't think anyone's PE teacher has ever. Been. <laughs> I, I had a good one. I had a good one. He was he was actually a, and it didn't lead me to fitness, but he was a right. um, he was the high school football coach as well. There it is, Lee. It was the fact that he was also a high school football coach, right? Because there's something different about a coach and a teacher. Very true. different nuance there. That's in, true. Good point. So in terms of what inspired me, I I struggled with an eating disorder from 11 to 21. Started my first diet when I was in fifth grade. Um, and, you know, I, I say that the thing that almost killed me also gave me my life back. So I was absolutely abusing the gym. I was there about three hours a day in various increments, started skipping class when I was in high school in order to go to the gym, uh, just completely wearing my body down. I was hospitalized three times between the ages of 15 and 16. But I also realized because I was spending so much time in the gym, just how empowering it was to be strong. You know, I wasn't a cardio queen. It's not like I was running marathons every day. And I wasn't. I was going through Arnold's Encyclopedia, which is like a two and a half hour high volume workout as a 15, 16, 17 year old girl and saying, oh my God, like, look at me getting stronger each week, each month, mm. year. And I said, I don't understand why everybody doesn't do this. Right. It's like learning the secret of life or the fountain of youth and not understanding why the entire world doesn't do that. I tell you what, I, I can tell you why I didn't do it. Sure. Because what I, I could say the real reason, which was just not being dedicated to it. Yep. Just it's hard at times mm-hmm. and it hurt. <laughs> it hurts to start. Yeah. You know what I mean? But once I got into the military, that those hurts, like they turn into, ah, you feel great. Yeah. You know, when you get done, when you've achieved something that you hadn't done, you, I didn't think I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then you do it. These fitness goals, you want to do more and more. It's kind of like how you express when you were in high school. You just want to get in and, and, and find more gains. Yeah. Um, so initially it was just, it, it, it wasn't, I don't know. I'm talking about myself, but I know for me initially, I mm-hmm. needed the military to get me to want to like fitness. Sure. Now I played sports and all that, but yeah. I probably could have been a lot better if I had embraced fitness at the same time. I, I mean, look at the title of your podcast, Lee. Hindsight. That's <laughs> in, what it's all in about. Hindsight. It always <laughs> made me feel better once I actually did it. No, you're totally right. Yep. So did you have any um, setbacks or obstacles uh, on your journey and how did you overcome it? And I I talk about your journey. I shouldn't even say that. I probably should just wipe that question out and wait till (laughs) later because we really haven't gone on your on your total journey. So you're in fitness now. Yeah. You got your certification. How did you start working with clients? How did that how did that come about the business of it? Of course. So this was at the time where forums were really popular. So similar to Reddit. And there was one forum in particular, the bodybuilding.com forums. And, and remember, I was just starting to heal and recover from my eating disorder. So I was quite small. And I think I held myself back in terms of self-confidence and limiting beliefs. I said, listen, no one's going to want to work with a girl who's 5'7", 110 pounds, soaking wet. They're not going to take me seriously. They're going to say, you look unhealthy. Why would I work with you? Mm -hmm. So I had the advantage of 
a following on these forums where no one could actually see me. So mm. I, it wasn't, you know, I guess you, it wasn't like catfishing because it's not like I would put someone else's physique out there and pretend it was me, but I just didn't have to put my physique out there in order for people to trust me. Right. So I started accumulating clients slowly but surely, then eventually, you know, fully recovered by the age of 24, very healthy. Uh, and that's when I started taking in-person clients. But I realized that the value, both in terms of dollar and time, wasn't as high for that one-to-one exchange as it was for the online one-to-many, right? Because when with the advent of social media or even just having access to email, you know, you can send out 20 emails in an hour and check in with 20 clients or make programs for two clients in that hour versus just that one person paying you to count their reps and watch their form. So that's kind of how my business evolved. It went from online to in-person, back to online again when I realized I wanted to have more impact. I like that approach because it's just money. Money makes sense, right? And and you you have something to offer to your clients, right? And, and you're maximizing that and you're using the technology that's available today and everyone's used to it, right? So it makes sense. Sure, sure. And, and I mean, it's one of those, it sounds so cliche, but what a time to be alive. Yeah. I, I just got off another podcast where I was interviewing an individual who used to have to put flyers for his gym mm. in people's windshields of their cars. And he would spend three hours a day, five days a week doing that. And he said, you youngsters don't even know how good you have it. That Instagram is free and TikTok is free. And now threads and Twitter and YouTube, you can put your flyers. And I'm putting that in air quotes out as much or as little as you want, but it's all free. You just have to do the legwork. Um, And I thought that was such a, a crazy, awesome perspective. So do you work with women and men? I have, okay, great question. I have uh-huh. a team. There are four coaches working for Filer Fitness. It's myself, my wife, and we have two others. I personally do not work with men, but we have two team members who do. Okay. So how, and this is why, how do you approach helping women yeah. build confidence and overcome body image issues through fitness? Because I know you you do an empowerment type of approach as well, right? When you're coaching your your clients. Yeah, I have three different, we can call them proprietary, maybe pillars. So the first one is the nutrition reset method. You know, especially as women, we have grown up with diet culture and we've grown up with our moms speaking negatively about their bodies and we've been around it. And we've had our friends who have been on tons of fad diets and and rebounded and and just just the way we grow up around food and our bodies is so crappy for lack of, so detrimental for lack of a better word, um, that we at Filer Fitness intend to reset everything you thought you knew about your body, about food, about your relationship to calories and the scale. So that's how we deal with nutrition. We call it the nutrition reset method. Then in terms of training, we have the confident training method. And it sounds so cheesy. And it is because what what happens a lot of times, especially in the online world, is personal trainers give out these cookie cutter training programs that that have women in the gym five 
days a week, two to three hours a day. And, and these women don't have time for that. Right. And so they get discouraged because they feel like they're failing the program. They're failing their trainer. They're failing themselves. So instead, what we do with the confident training method is say, hey, listen, how many days a week would you like to train? How many minutes or hours per day do you have to train? Do you have any injuries or limitations? And then we customize the training program around exactly what that woman needs in order to build her confidence. Because the best way to increase confidence is to keep the promises you make to yourself. So if you say, listen, I can't be in the gym five days a week, but I can commit to walking my dog in the morning for half an hour, that is your training program. And I promise you it's going to be successful. Nice. What's the third one? The power accountability system. So this is where you realize that you have a friend, a coach, a mentor, a cheerleader, and a drill sergeant all in one. So our team checks on you every day. We have one formal check-in every week. I do a Sunday morning brunch call via Zoom that focuses on self-development. We have a Facebook Live once a week. We have a monthly team call, and you can message us whenever you want. And how does that work out for everyone? Is it is that the how long have you been using that three strategy system and how successful is it? It's I mean, we have a it's so funny. I love that you asked that question because our clients, you know, before they sign on, they're like, well, is this going to work? And our question is always, well, are you going to work? I mean, everything in life really is successful to the extent that you are compliant with it. Right. Do anything on a long enough time horizon and it's going to work out for you. I got a big old smile on my face because you're so right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, you you sit and just look back over anything in your life. Right. Typically, you put some effort into it and and you're pretty successful in the things that you don't put a lot of effort in. You may get lucky and be okay, Right. But typically those things, you know, if I would put a little more effort in. But yeah, we have honestly, I mean, we have a 100% success rate with people who are compliant and adherent to the program. We've been doing it. I mean, we've been in business since January, 2019. And it's really, I mean, I believe that, you know, fitness, business, life, constant evolution. So did we always have the three pillars? Yes, technically, but were they always that steadfast and, you know, um, easy to recite? No, that's more in the last six months or so. You worked it out. Yeah, absolutely. I got that. Can you share a specific, I'm going to slow that question down so you can think, a specific moment from your past where you faced a significant setback or challenge? It can be in your fitness, it can be in your business, it can be in your life, whatever. And how did you overcome it to become the successful, and I'm going to say successful fitness influencer that you are today? Thank you. Thank you. I th- I would say it was over overcoming the uh, immigration from Toronto to Florida. You know, it's not it's not easy. And I know everyone's like, "What do you mean? You just came from Canada and you were married. So isn't that pretty much easy?" And I I immigrated the same way anyone, whether you came from Venezuela or Mexico or Ireland, it's no different. It is a foreign country. So. I was lucky in that I only had to remain unemployed for mm-hmm. nine months. See, as soon as, as soon as you gain access to the country, 
there is a waiting period until you get your green card. And that waiting period is dependent on the city that you live in and how backed up the immigration system is for that particular city where you applied. So we applied in Massachusetts. So obviously Boston, very busy. It took me nine months and I wasn't allowed to work, Lee. Yeah. I was my my hands were tied because obviously I was not going to start working illegally or or accepting, you know, under the table jobs or cash for anything. I didn't want to lose my chance to stay married and stay in the country. Right. So I had to maximize those 9 months. What I did was I I went on Instagram and I went hard on Instagram and I figured out my niche and I figured out my message and I had so much time, right? All day, every day to just work on my business model and how I was going to help women and how I was going to scale and grow my business and what I wanted my future to look like that nine months passed by in a flash. And then as soon as I got my green card and the floodgates could finally open, it was like a hundred clients in one shot because all of these people had been waiting and waiting for my program that I was like teasing them about, but obviously mm. couldn't really release. So I used what, you know, I, I drained my finances, right? Like my wife and I lived off savings and her student loans. But then as soon as I was granted, you know, I didn't waste my time. Let's put it that way. Right. I, I didn't mess around. A lot of people would see unemployment as sad and pity party and and whatever. They'd use it. I also got in the best shape of my life, right? Again, right. I had nothing to do but work on a business plan and work on my body. And I just feel like so many people would take advantage of that or take it for granted or be bored again, throw themselves a pity party. But I didn't. I, I worked just as hard as someone with a full-time job. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So I'm... I'm- I'm going to ask you, these are fun questions, maybe, because it's kind of a depressing question if it actually were to really happen, Okay, but it's a fun question to ask and answer. If you were stranded, and you'll see why, if you were stranded on a deserted island and could only have one exercise equipment or fitness tool (laughs) with you, what would you choose and why? My gosh, one? Just one. Tool, eek, ha! Huh. I would have to say, I would have to say a, a set of dumbbells at fifteen pounds. Yeah, that specifically. <laughs> and, there's, there's nothing there you, you can't do with dumbbells, right? You yep. can get a full body workout, and fifteen is just heavy enough that it'll be challenging. But when it becomes easy, because really all I have to do on that desert island is lift my weights and think my thoughts. Yeah. You can slow it down and you, you know, use that eccentric low, slow, low and slow to make 15 pounds feel like 50 pounds. Right. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Ask me that, but I love it. I asked, I asked myself that question. I was like, I'm still thinking about it. Right. (laughs) Yep. Hey, so what are some misconceptions or common misconceptions about mental and physical health that you often come across and how do you address them in your coaching? I don't know if it's a question as much as it is a statement, Lee. People mm-hmm. say, you know, Jamie, I'm just going through a lot right now. I don't think it's a good time to start a training program. Or, you know, my mother's in hospital right now. I don't have the bandwidth to count my macros. And I just see it. Of course, I have all the sympathy and to an extent, empathy in the world. 
Because these people have never been taught or have never been shown rather that you can integrate your mental health with your physical health. And don't you understand how much more capacity you'll have to cope with your mother's illness if you eat clean? Don't you understand the connection between your gut health and your brain health, your depression, your anxiety, your PTSD, even to an extent if you have bipolar disorder, All of that can be slowly, I don't want to say healed, and I obviously can't legally say healed, but it can be soothed by eating cleaner and moving your body. I mean, you know how good you feel when you go out for a walk with your dog and the first thing to touch your face is vitamin D. Again, right? Sunlight versus screen time. So it's so often that people are like, I can't do physical, I can't do the physical stuff until I do the mental stuff first. And I say, no, the mental stuff will be so much easier for you if you start the physical stuff. Ooh, all about the mental. That's it. <laughs> That's it. How do you stay up to date with your latest fitness trends? Do you create these? Are you linked in with a, a research? I'm sorry, not a research, but a fitness community? Yeah, no, that's um, okay. It could be research too, right? That's important. Yeah, yeah. We're always studying in labs, you know, the latest biomechanics, exercise physiology, supplement and nutrition science. Yeah. I will tell you the secret, Lee, and it is having a team that is smarter than I am. That's it. You know, right now we have one coach who just got a barbell rehab certification. We have another one who's going through a course specifically in nutrition for gut health and metabolic disorders in women. So I just have to be a really great, supportive, encouraging leader, and I let my team be smarter than I am so that they can keep me up to date. So I guess the answer is I hire the right people. That's how I stay up to date. Nice. All right, we're going to do one more creative question. Love it. If you don't mind. so Of course. If, okay, now you talked about, you talked about the biggest loser Mm -hmm. and how that kind of sparks some stuff in you as well. So if you could create your own fitness theme reality TV show. Yeah. And this is a hard one, maybe, Uh, but maybe not. What would it be called and what kind of challenges would participants have to face? Oh my God. Lee, it would, it would literally be called the world's most boring fitness reality show. Because, <laughs> because all you would see is people going outside for walks. You'd see them journaling twice a day. You'd see them creating vision boards in the evening. You'd hear them doing their affirmations in the morning. And you'd see them drinking more water. Like, again, it's one of those people think that you have to live the biggest loser lifestyle. Or you have to be in the gym five days a week, two hours a day. Or you have to be doing you know, your Peloton every morning fasted. And that's not what gets you results because that's not sustainable. So I would create the most boring, sustainable fitness reality show where the biggest challenge is you getting in a gallon of water and going to bed at 10 p.m. every day. That's my show. I freaking love it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, no one's ever going to watch it and CBS isn't going to pay for me to be their trainer, but that is how I would change You'd have some industry and and yeah. You'd have some watchers because like vision boards are kind of cool. Vision boards right? are super cool, yeah. I've seen a picture, a photo of you with a big old stone 
round stone rock looking like the the uh, strongest i've only seen it and i haven't seen a strongest woman contest but i've only seen it in the strongest man contest uh-huh. when they have to pick those big round cement st- i don't know what you call them and walk across the field and put them in these put <laughs> yep i know what you're talking it's so it's so crazy right i'm sitting looking and i'm trying to imagine like that looks heavy as hell and they're big as heck and they're struggling and then I, I turned and I'm looking on Instagram or on on uh, on the webpage and I see you with one on your shoulder. Yeah. So tell me the motivate. What was going on in that photo yeah. that day? Uh, so it's funny. And again, we could do a totally different podcast about personal versus professional fitness. But I I've never been a one sport athlete. Growing up, yeah. it was softball. It was basketball. Uh, I dabbled in volleyball for a second. I. I, there's just, I, I just love sports in general. I love being competitive. So even now I do, I compete in bodybuilding. I am a pro natural bodybuilder, but I also do CrossFit in my off season. So there was one year where I was doing CrossFit and I was excelling at it, but I, I was sick of it. I just, I, I wasn't feeling challenged anymore. So one guy who came to the gym to do a powerlifting seminar for us, Uh, I knew was also a strongman coach. And I said, Hey, Donnie, do you think I could compete in strongman? And he's like, of course, everyone can compete in strongman. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Teach me what I need to know. And we trained from uh, late August until his competition in mid November. And I ended up winning the novice women's division. That is pretty incredible. So I'm yeah. glad I, at least I got the right competition oh, <laughs> correct yeah, when I was. Great. That, yeah. no, that's, that stone is infamous, but it goes back full circle to what we were saying at the beginning of the contest, uh, the, the contest, huh? the podcast to always be learning. What can I yeah. pick up, right? Donnie taught me a completely new skill set. He taught me how to use my body in a completely different way. Uh, I met a, a totally different group of women from, you know, different um, area of life. And it was just awesome to, to learn a new skill and, and hear different stories. We talked about personal versus professional. So I'm a, I'm a dabble just a little bit more yeah. in those murky waters in you, you do a lot. You have a wife, you have mm-hmm. your dog mom, right? Yep. So how do you balance the role of fitness coach, motivational speaker, dog mom, wife, And do you have any tips for maintaining a healthy work-life balance? It's always a hard question. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And and I'm going to answer it honestly. For your audience, the answer is no, because I don't believe in balance. I believe in integration. You know, we talked about this before, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Mental and health, mental and physical health integration. You, You go hard and you let one take a back seat. So when I am in coach mode, my wife knows you got to let me do my thing for four hours. And then when you, when she and I walk the dogs, I don't have my phone on me and I'm going hard at being a great wife and dog mom. And then when it comes to the weekend and we're hanging out with our friends, I am not answering emails. I completely, right? So there's no balance because balance would be me at a pool party answering emails, right? Right. But that doesn't serve that, right? Now I'm distracted answering emails. A client isn't going to get a great response. And my friends are going to be like, what the heck? Why are you working at a pool party? So instead, 
I believe in integrating. When I'm, I've got my coach hat on, that's the only hat, hat I'm wearing. When I have my wife hat on, that's the only hat I'm wearing. And that's it. Great answer. Great. That's a great. Well, you know, I'm going to edit all this bumbling out, but I think that's a great answer because the balance, maybe it's maybe it's semantics. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, balance and in, in, in all of that using that word. But the bottom line is being able to focus on what's important at that moment. Yeah. Right. You focus on your wife and family at that mm-hmm. moment. You focus on your clients at that moment. So yeah. good answer. Can you share a success story of a client whose life was positively transformed through your coaching or your team's coaching and fitness programs? Yeah, there are so many. Okay. So there's one in particular, there's a a woman that I have, she's a single mom of two and she lives with her mother. So she's also kind of taking care of her mom, but also her kids. She works full time, but has a side hustle of baking cakes in the evening. So she takes custom orders. So this woman has a full-time job, a part-time job, and then takes care of the generation above her and below her. Not only has she lost 16 pounds in the last eight weeks with me, but more importantly, she's gotten off the excessive caffeine use that she had become dependent on in order to stay up for, you know, 16 hours a day working and taking care of people. But also, similarly, she has affected the life of the generation below her and above her by changing her eating habits. Because now her elderly mom is eating cleaner and getting walks. Now her kids aren't relying on processed foods for three meals a day, right? As a function of her eating better and moving more, she is affecting, like she's causing a ripple effect around her. And again, the lack of caffeine, those kids don't have to see their mom chugging a sugar-free Red Bull just to make it through the day. Yeah. Because that's definitely going to be replicated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Right, right. Again, like we said about the nutrition reset method, we pick up the habits that we see our parents do for us, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If you could have any superpower related to fitness and health, what would it be and why? (sighs) That's tough. I would say it's the ability to make people believe that there's nothing they can't do. Mm. And why I would have that is because, you know, we talked about my success rate as a trainer and I said, it's all relative to what people are willing to put into the effort they're willing to put in. But if they don't believe that a particular outcome is possible for themselves, then they end up self-sabotaging. They end up getting in their own way. They end up talking themselves out of starting. But if everyone just had the same belief in them that I have in them, they would be infinitely successful in everything Mm. from their fitness journey to their relationships, to their careers. So I would give people the ability to see their potential. You have great answers. And I'll say, (laughs) never mind. I'm really sitting here with a big smile on my face. I I love this part of what I do because just talking, you know, I'm meeting you. So I'm getting to know you. Right. I can see you on Instagram. So I appreciate you coming on and talking to me, but I'm getting to know you and I'm liking you a lot more and more (laughs) the more this conversation goes along. So looking back at your journey, what is one valuable lesson you learned from past achievements or setbacks that you believe is crucial 
for others that are striving to overcome and reduce anxiety through their through fitness, not through their fitness. Yeah. I would say removing guilt and shame from my emotional vocabulary because they're just mm. so uselessly, but they make us dwell on the past, which there's mm-hmm. absolutely no point in doing because as soon as something happens, it's a fact. It's not like this podcast where if you or I mess up, you can edit it. What's happened has happened. We cannot wash it away. We can only move forward. So if I sabotage myself on the weekend, or if I opt not to get a workout in, or if I, oh my gosh, literally, like if my wife and I get in a fight, right? I do not dwell over the shame and guilt that came from that action. I only say, well, how can I do better? What can I learn from that in order to hopefully not do it again and then move forward? I see this question I was about to ask you, like that is what you just said is perfect. It's perfect to me. Thank you. Right. Because I think everyone, well, I know that I hold on. I can't project on to other people, right? Yeah. So I, I know at times, you know, you hold on. I hold on to that guilt. Yeah. Right of things. Yeah. But then, and, and I do this at work too. So for my team, because I know that it bothers me and I try to be conscious of that, right? Yeah. You know, my whole thing is to look, let's focus on how to get back on track. Yeah. Let's focus on the solution. Let's not focus on, you know, pointing fingers and, you know, things like that. Let's focus on the solution. Now we can figure out how we got to that point because that's important as well, but in in business, right. But Mm -hmm. let's focus on the solution. Right. And that makes for an easier, uh, a more productive conversation um, if you're solution focused. Right. Yeah. But what is one piece of advice that you would give to my listeners who are seeking to overcome challenges and improve their mental and physical well-being. Yeah. I would say take my borrow, my philosophy of the confident training method. I don't give you anything you can't handle. I don't promise you anything that you can't deliver on. So whether it's a career that you want, whether it's starting your fitness journey, whether it's overcoming your anxiety, begin with small steps. Mm-hmm. Pick Pick one to two action items that you are 100% sure that you can guarantee yourself that you can execute on. Don't try to go above and beyond that, right? If you're not moving at all, if you're just, you know, working 60 hours a week and being a dad or a husband or a mom or whatever, don't promise yourself you'll get to the gym three days a week. Promise yourself you'll get outside for a 10 minute walk every day. Start there and build your confidence from there. Is there anything I'll ask you a few questions? Uh, oh, no, no, let me stop there. You did you did fitness modeling as well, right? Yeah. Yes. In some different covers. So, how was that experience for you? It was fantastic. You know, I I love I I work hard. I work hard to show it off. I work hard to be a role model. Um yeah. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think it's vain. Um I love that people can look at my body and, and I do have a you know, I have a unique look, right? I'm mm-hmm. not this blonde Barbie. Uh, I definitely stand out. So I think it's awesome that I can get my look out there. And there might be other women who look like me saying, wow, you know, if she can do it, I guess I don't have to hide 
my physique or my short hair or whatever. When did you cut your hair? Is and, and was there a reason why you cut it? It was always up in a messy bun all uh-huh. the time. And at some point it was just, what's the point in having long hair if it's never down? And it was also getting annoying doing double unders and handstand pushups in CrossFit with such long uh. hair. <laughs> I do. How do you see you doing your handstands and walking on your hands as well? Yeah, right. And it just goes yeah. everywhere. So I needed to cut it. That's crazy. Okay, that's pretty cool. So, is there anything else? I asked you a few questions that you like to share or discuss that we haven't touched upon uh, during our conversation. Any anecdotes, insights, messages you like to convey to the listeners? I, I mean, you asked me things I didn't even anticipate being asked, so I can't think of anything additional or or creative at all. So how can people reach out to you? Where can they find you at? The best place or the easiest place to get in touch with me is through Instagram. I am at J A I M and then the number nine one. So Jame 91. Uh, You can find me. I always write back to people if you write to me or you can just watch my stuff and hopefully you'll get some value, education, entertainment, inspiration from it. And do you have a do you have a webpage as well? I do. It's jamiefiler.com, but it's it's very boring and pretty much directs people to either book a call with me or go to my Instagram. Yeah, I love the Instagram because you yeah. you give a lot of insight and in, in a lot of personality yes. uh, in your Instagram page. So that's awesome. Thank you for joining us on Hindsight the Podcast and um ex- you know sharing your experiences, your expertise, your energy. And it's been truly inspiring. Like I said, I had my uh, smile on my face. Look, I'm still stuttering, right? Because I usually have this little script that I want to say, you know, at the end. But I'm I'm still thinking about some of the the comments and the way you answered the questions, right? And it gave me a different outlook on how to approach different things. So that's that's me talking to you, and I appreciate it. You've touched me. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for letting me share my message with your audience and and just your company in general, Lee. Well, we will talk soon. Oh, and by the way, I will have um, the Instagram and her, she wants to say boring uh, webpage, but you may, you probably want to reach out and connect with her and set up those uh, consultations and get that started. So thanks again, Jamie. Okay. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Hindsight, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay updated on future episodes packed with inspiring stories. Before you go, leave me a message with your thoughts, feedback, or suggestions for future topics. And if you're loving what you hear, please take a moment to rate this episode. Your feedback helps me to grow and reach more listeners just like you. So remember, life's a journey. Stay tuned, stay curious, and keep gaining wisdom through the power of hindsight. Until next time. Oh, and don't forget, subscribe, leave a message, and rate this episode. When you look back in hindsight, everything is 2020 in hindsight.